Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a little bit since I've had my last episode and going through school and getting through the last of high school for my girls has kept us really busy. Listening to podcasts this morning and listening to conference talks, I just felt such a a tug on my heart I feel like there are so many people who are suffering and I just want you to know that Heavenly Father is aware and He is with you even when you don't feel like He is. I also want you to know that I am with you and I hope that you feel that I am. I was reading Matthew Holland's conference talk from October 2020's conference and he talks about exquisite and exquisite in the dictionary is extremely beautiful and typically delicate and yet there are times in the scriptures where exquisite is coupled with pain or turmoil such as when Alma was repenting and he said it was exquisite pain And so I thought that was so interesting because exquisite is described as extremely beautiful and yet typically delicate. And I began to think about pain. And I thought about my friend who lost her son and she says how hard it has been. But she says as hard as it has been, it has also been beautiful. And there captured in my mind what exquisite could look like in our suffering. Because when we are suffering, we tend to look to God in those moments with greater need and in seeking his comfort. And so, and it's in those moments where we must lift up our hearts and rejoice in the trials that we are going through and gird up our loins and take upon us the whole armor that we can withstand those moments. I know that we have wondered in those moments if our Father in Heaven has forgotten us. Recently, I was at a track meet and sitting in the stands with a friend of mine and she was telling me about some of the exquisite pain that she has been through with one of her children and she looked at me and she said but you probably don't understand you've probably never been on your hands and knees with your face in the ground making noises that you didn't know your body could make crying so hard and I know she meant well but it was almost as though it was kind of unfair to deny me just because I might look a certain way or have children that behave a certain way or look a certain way that I have not suffered. And suffering is something that I do most of the time. I have been on my knees. I have cried deep into the earth, pleading for help from my Father in Heaven, agonizing over this or that decision or choice of one of my kids, worrying about my husband's health, worrying about my own family, my sisters or my brother or my mom or my dad, 
crying out in anguish over a situation and pleading for a father in heaven to release me from the pain, to give me some kind of relief, help, help me. I think about my grandma Brockbank. I talk about her often throughout my podcast. She was such a source of inspiration to so many people throughout her life and she continues to be a source of inspiration in my life now. She lost her 15-year-old son, Billy, to cancer and the the years of treatment and trying to take care of him and and treat him as best as they knew how to at that time in the early 50s and taking him to San Francisco for specialized treatment and he finally succumbed to leukemia and my grandma told me once about the suffering that she went through and it was awful she told me one time that she was half asleep and she was drifting into a a slumber and but before she got there she said she specifically remembers her chest caving in pain in anguish and turmoil over her son and she as she had her eyes closed and she was praying pleading with Heavenly Father to release her from the pain she said she saw herself driving around the curve of a of a mountain and as she was heading around the curve a huge wave came towards her and the wave washed through her washed through the car washed and rushed past her and she was startled by this it was so real when she opened her eyes she felt completely washed free of the pain that she was feeling she felt that father had cleansed her and released her and washed over her freed her from the pain and I think about that I think about how she must have been feeling to be in such need of being released from that pain to have father give her that that visual that image of him giving her physical relief by washing through her she was always cheerful I never saw her really be down. And it's been something that I've referred to throughout my life. And in DNC 117, verse 23, it says, To cheerfully do all things that lie in your power, and then may you stand still, or lay down and close your eyes, and like my grandma did, and drift off into a sleep, and with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. Elder Holland says, exquisite in the English translation of the Book of Mormon typically describes things of exceptional beauty of unparalleled, unparalleled magnificence. For example, Joseph Smith noted that the angel of Moroni wore robes of exquisite whiteness, a whiteness beyond any Thing earthly he had ever seen. Yet, exquisite can also convey an extreme intensity even for awful things, such as Alma in exquisite pain, 
I know that as we too have gone through certain repentance processes, we have <clears throat> been told to never forget that very purpose of repentance is to take certain misery and transform us into pure bliss. I remember someone sharing with me a very intimate detail about something that they had to repent of and even had to have a temple recommend taken from them. And after they had gone through the repentance process, which the pain, they said, was so intense in their chest, they never want to experience that again, that the day came when they were able to receive their temple recommend back. They told me that they literally skipped into the bishop's office, that their exquisite pain had turned into pure joy. The instant we come unto Christ, demonstrating faith in him and true change of heart from the crushing weight of our sin starts to shift our backs to his back. This is only possible because he suffered the infinite and unspeakable agony. Where he literally suffered so severe blood oozed out of his every pore from direct personal experience. The Savior thus warns us in modern scripture that we have no idea how exquisite our sufferings will be if we do not repent. If I, God, have suffered these things for all that they might not suffer if they would repent, a repentance which allows us to taste the exceeding joy Alma tasted for this doctrine alone, I shall stand all amazed. He says, my heart is sore pained within me and the terrors of death are fallen upon me and horror hath overwhelmed me. Oh, that I wish I had had wings like a dove and that I would fly away and be at rest. Alma truly tasted what it means to feel exquisite pain and exquisite beauty of the morning of repentance. There are so many varying ways that we can experience exquisite pain, such as losing a loved one or going through a divorce or betrayal or inflicting pain and sin upon ourselves. But know this, Elder Holland says, there is one who understands perfectly what you are experiencing, who is mightier than all the earth. Christ stands ready always to heal every ounce and aspect of your agony, whatever agony that may be. As you allow him to do so, you will discover that your suffering was not in vain. The Apostle Paul said that God provided some better things for them through their sufferings, for without sufferings, they could not be made perfect. So Elder Holland says, you see the very nature of God and aim of our earthly existence is happiness, but we cannot become perfect beings of divine joy without experiences that test us. In Revelation 7, 16 through 17, it says, they shall hunger no more neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat for the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. 
So I think about my friend who lost her son. She says how hard it has been, but it has also been beautiful that she might taste this happiness now and be filled with it forever. Elder Holland says, I invite you to do what Alma did. Let your mind catch hold on the exquisite gift of the Son of God. Our former prophet Spencer W. Kimball says, being human, we would expel from our lives physical pain and mental anguish and assure ourselves of continual ease and comfort. But if we are too close to close the doors upon sorrow and distress, we might be excluding our greatest friends and benefactors. Suffering can make saints of people as they learn patience, long-suffering, and self-mastery. I know that each of us would rather have it be that we can go sit in the shade and put our feet up and sip an ice-cold drink and not really feel the effects of the summer heat. But we really wouldn't know the effects of the summer heat and how relief can feel when we go sit in the shade unless we have first experienced the heat. I have often referred to Alma 24 when Alma and his people were, were bound by Amulon and they were told that they were not to gather or pre or preach or or to pray. And so Alma and his people did not raise their voices to the Lord their God, but did pour out their hearts to him, because he does know the thoughts of their hearts. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came to them in their affliction, saying, Lift up your heads and be of good comfort, for I know of the covenant which ye have made unto me, and I will com- covenant with my people and deliver them out of bondage. And I will also ease the burdens which have been placed upon your shoulders that you cannot even feel them upon your backs, even while you are in bondage. So think about what kind of bondage you are in. Once upon a time, I was desperately trying to sell our house and had been on the market for several months. And we were days away from delivering twins. And I just felt like I was in bondage in this house. And I was feeling such incredible pressure of trying to get into this home that was going to fit our family better and I just felt like I could not even breathe from day to day about to deliver these babies. There have been times where where I have worried over my children and, and the stress and anguish over their choices or things that were happening to them that were beyond their control. I felt in bondage to that pain. I have felt in bondage to the worry and concern over my husband's illness and his disease that he suffers from and frustrated and worried over whether or not his sugars were too high or too low and if I was going if I was doing things adequately enough to take care of him. I have suffered in bondage once when my when my son was invited to go down and live with my sister-in-law because they had a, a wonderful program at the high school that she felt he would really benefit from. And so we felt that it was right. So at 14, he went down there and lived with them for a school year. And and I thought that it was for the rest of his high school years. And I thought, I 
really did not plan on my son moving out of our home so early and I cried and I sobbed that I felt like I had, was going to be missing out on his high school years. But it worked out and he came home and we were able to enjoy him during the rest of his high school years, but I cried in agony over him. I have cried in agony over things that I cannot even utter, that I cannot even mention out of respect for those that I love and people who trust me to know of their anguish. But I promise you that he is there. I promise you that he is listening and I promise you that he will have a wave wash through you and he will make your burden seem light. And you will be able to stand as a witness and know for surety that he is the Lord God and he does visit his people in their afflictions and that your afflictions will be made light in the strength of God and he will bear them up. And you will submit yourself cheerfully with patience to the will of the Lord and you'll be so grateful that you knew to call upon his name and in the immediate goodness of God comes to all who call upon him with real intent and full purpose of heart. And this includes those who cry out in earnest desperation when deliverance seems so distant and suffering seems prolonged and even intensified. Above all, God's love is immediate. And we may not feel that he is near, but I can testify to you that he is. And in those moments that we desperately need him and we feel alone and we feel like there is no relief coming. We are just being stretched and just hold on. The light will come, I promise you. Even in our sins, though they may separate us from a time, his love will never leave us. He loves us. There have been so many times where I have prayed, dear father, I need you, please help me. I can't be alone. Please help me get through this night. Please calm my troubled heart. And in his immediate goodness, I have woken up feeling not that things are gone, not that things are immediately better, but I have woken up feeling strengthened and feeling peace. And I know immediately that that is from my Father in heaven booing me up. Yes, through the exquisite gift of the Son, through Jesus Christ, we can escape the agonies of our moral failings and overcome the undeserved agonies of our mortal misfortunes. Yes, the pain is exquisite, but the joy of the morning of being relieved from these pains is all the more exquisite. We would not know the beauty of that if we have not first suffered through the darkness. I felt so impressed to share these things with you today and I invite you to read from this conference talk and read from Mosiah. In those moments that we feel in bondage, there is relief. There is relief and the morning is exquisite. And truly, it is beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Coaching Chaos. And I hope to see you next time.